So one of the things that has always bothered me about this time of year is when you see so many people posting about the previous year, and it's all negative, and it's just like, get rid of this year, can't wait for the next one, and it's good to look forward to the new year, but, you know, we got to reflect on the positives as, as well, but if you want to do that this year, I'm completely okay with it. 2020's been a mess, and I totally get wanting to look forward to what is ahead, um, but I will say this, I believe with my whole heart that as Christians, we should be the most optimistic people on the planet. Um, even if we've experienced a hard time, even if you've you know, experience a uh, loss. Um, our approach to the world in good times and bad reflects and reveals a lot about the God that we live for. So I want to approach 2021 with optimism, as hard as it is. I want to look at 2020 as a year of growth, as hard as that is as well. And that's not easy to do. You know, I'm, I'm a very optimistic person, but even the most optimistic of people may ask them, themselves that question, how could I possibly look you know, with any kind of optimism, a positive outlook on the world right now. I once heard a, uh, <clears throat> a wonderful sermon from a guy by the name of Erwin McManus, and he's one of my favorite uh, pastors and authors. He was giving this analogy of the Titanic. Very fitting, 2020 has felt like you know, sinking ship, yeah. Um, but he was giving this example, and um, by the way, side note, I still think that Jack and Rose could have taken turns on the door that floated, but um, I'm still not over it. But anyway, um, there's different types of people. Uh, there's pessimistic people, realistic people, fools, and optimistic people. Which one do you fit in? Think about which one you're fitting in. Now, think about this analogy in the Titanic. When the Titanic began to sink and water started rising, in those moments, these different groups of people probably would have had different thoughts and said different things. The pessimists probably would have said, I knew it. I knew when we got on this boat, it was going to sink, and we're all going to die, and there's no hope. The realistic person might have said, this isn't good. A lot of us are going to die. That's a realistic approach. The fools probably said, just don't look down. It's not happening. Just, we're going this way. Don't look at it. And the optimists probably said, hey, we are in danger, but let's save as many people as we can. See, optimistic people can still be realistic, but they just approach the world a little differently. Um, optimistic people don't say, like, I know for a fact that the next year of life is just going to be incredible. Instead, optimistic people say, let's make a better future. When Jesus said these words in Matthew, seek first the kingdom, I don't think he meant just try and survive until you get to the next life. He meant the kingdom is here, be present, make the future better. So as we look back at 2020, we look ahead to what's next. We can be realistic, but let's also be optimistic. Let's control what we can control. And the water might be rising all around us, but let's save as many people as we can. Let's look ahead the best that we can. Love this verse in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 is the faith chapter. And, uh, you know, Hebrews 11 verse 3 says, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command so that what is seen was not made out of what is visible. I want you to think about this. Everything that God made, everything that God had put into motion, we don't really see it at the beginning until it happens, until it comes to be. Think back to what we just celebrated. There were hundreds of years of silence after the prophets 
and a long period of time where people were wondering and, and not really seeing what was next. They had hope, but they couldn't really see it till that Christmas morning. Fast forward to the end of Jesus' life. Think of Easter, Good Friday, the crucifixion, Saturday, when they think, what's going on? There's just silence. They couldn't see Sunday on Good Friday yet. Maybe that can fit into whatever you're going through now in 2020. We can't always see what God is doing uh, at the time, and maybe, you know, later on we will see. I also love reading about uh, the early church in the book of Acts. Uh, It's basically a very historical uh, book in the New Testament. After Jesus uh, left, uh, you know, the early church, how they grew, what they did, is all through the book of Acts. And in chapter 11, it says this, Now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, spreading the word only among Jews. Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene, went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks, also telling them the good news about the Lord Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. I think this is one of those passages that we often just kind of read and maybe we skim over it or maybe we think that's a cool story that the the gospel spread. But we sometimes miss all the stuff that's actually in there because the reason why Christianity spread was because of persecution. You know, maybe at first they were in their hometowns, they were where they thought it was comfortable, where they thought the message would be received and uh, they weren't really spread out too much. And then when persecution hit and danger came, They were dispersed into all these different areas, but instead of living in fear, what did they do? They went out and they said, okay, now I'm here and now I'm going to share. I'm going to share the good news in this place. And it was because of persecution that all that happened. So something that would have been very dangerous, very inconvenient for them, something that they turned into something that was beautiful. And I think, again, we can relate it to 2020. Um, We may not be getting persecuted for our faith like the first Christians, but we do live in a dark time. Um, 2020 has been incredibly inconvenient in many ways. It's been a mess, but will we turn it into something good? Will we focus on what God is doing and what he's going to do and use this opportunity to share the gospel? I don't know if you make any New Year's resolutions or if you have goals. I think it's really important for us to have goals uh, as a church, uh, goals in your family, um, I mentioned a few years ago, since you know, I'm the youth pastor and I always speak on New Year's Sunday. Um, Mike helped me a little today, but... <laughs> By the way, you spoke even less time this time, but it's okay. <laughs> yeah, we thought we'd tag team it today. Um, I mentioned a few years ago that Caitlin and I have a, a list that we make every year uh, that coincides with the, year, the number of the year. So for 2021, we'll have 21 things that we want to accomplish. And uh, some of the things are fun you know, different trips and things like that, but most of the list is very uh, faith-based, ways that we can grow uh, together, grow in ministry, uh, share the gospel. There's a lot of goals in there that that have to do with that. And uh, so again, I think it's very important that we not only make goals, but we also make a plan. How are we going to reach them? Because we don't want to just write some stuff down and not know how we're going to go, you know, attack those goals. But um, I think we should be goal-oriented. At the same time, I do think that we often focus on things that we want to do in life, and we don't always focus on things that we want to be. And so for this year, there's a lot of things in 2021 that I want to be, a lot of things that I want to become. I want to be a better husband. I want to be more loving to my neighbors. 
I want to always strive to be a better youth pastor, a better coach, a better mentor. And so, again, I think it's great that we have these goals and these lists that we make, um, but what do we want to be as well? I want you to look at this list, this little image here. This is a list that I'm striving for. This is the fruits of the Spirit. And all of these things right here, things that I am hoping to improve on, to become better at, um, because these are the characteristics of God. You know, the, the spiritual gifts are, you know, they show God's power, but the fruits of the Spirit show His character. And if anyone's ever going to know who he is, they need to see these things in us. So if you look at that list and think about in what areas do I need to grow, um, what areas do I need to improve on, and uh, again, that is a list that I, things that I want to be and want, things I want to become this year. Also, I want to be like David. There's another verse here. He prayed this prayer in Psalm 139, and if you ever pray this prayer, you know, we got to be willing to accept the results, <laughs> to to hear God and listen to what he says, but this is King David we're talking about, and he says, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me, and lead me in the way everlasting. So do we have that kind of boldness to pray that prayer to God? Search me. God, show me if there's anything in me that is not of you. Lead me in whatever he reveals in those moments. Will we you know, be able to make those changes? Michelangelo, who had one of the greatest sculpting masterpieces of all time when he sculpted David, he was asked, how did you turn a big block of marble into such a masterpiece? And he said, it's simple. I just chip away that which isn't David. So are we willing to let God chip away at our lives until we're more like him? Do I want people to see me or see him? Am I displaying the fruits of the Spirit? Am I becoming more like Christ? Those are goals worth having. <clears throat> and another thing that I want to be this year, I want to be someone who sees the good in life and the good in people. And I think so many people today immediately turn to the negative. They turn to criticism. They turn to what's wrong with someone or what's wrong with this person. And social media is probably to blame for that. Um, you know, I, every year at the Super Bowl, I think of this for some reason, but um, Super Bowl Sunday is six weeks from today. I'm not sure who the Colts will be playing yet, but well, maybe not. Um, we'll see. But pay pay close attention this year at the Super Bowl. Just the, the critique, the criticism all around us. Everyone's going to criticize the anthem, and everyone's going to criticize the halftime performance, and the referees were terrible, and the, the losing quarterback, oh, he's terrible, and the commercials weren't as funny this year. And, I mean, it's just it's, it's exhausting sometimes. And that's only a three-hour block of our lives, maybe four hours. Three or four-hour block of our lives. All this criticism happens problem is we end up doing that with other things. We, we critique worship services. We critique um, pastors. We, you know, when there's uh, somebody in our lives or maybe a celebrity or someone else that says one thing we disagree with, we, we write them off and we forget all the, you know, 15 years that this person taught me and the one thing they said I did, agree, you know, uh, 2020 is going to be known for many things. Cancel culture is one of them. Let's just cancel them. They said something 20 years ago and and it's, it's kind of crazy how we just critique everything. Another example is you'll see a celebrity come to Christ, and you'll see these people critique it and say, you know, other Christians even, and say, oh, it's not real. Um, they still do these things, or they still said a bad word in the song. Therefore, they, you know, just all, these, all this negativity that goes on instead of celebrating. Um, I'm going to be brutally honest. I, I think that a, a large chunk of Christianity, um, especially in America, especially in 2020, 
is very uh, Pharisee-like. Um, it's very much like Pharisees in Scripture, where people that may even have good intentions and people that know Scripture, people that want to follow God, but their hearts are just very, you know, full of negativity and critique. Their lives care more about morality than life change and following Christ. And we've got to find a way, again, the fruits of the Spirit, we've got to display those things and let people know who Jesus really is. And again, that's something that's not easy. We're kind of growing up in the age of social media and criticism and all that. We've got to ask God to search us and to help us in that area. Can you stand up for your beliefs and still see the good in others? Absolutely. Jesus did it all the time. He would meet people caught in these unthinkable sins. I mean, the the woman who was caught in the act of adultery, and you know that story, and he ended up saying, you know, I don't condemn you. Now go and send no more. He told all the people that had a rock ready to, to throw at her that, hey, any of you that was out without sin, be the first to throw a stone at her. And they all left. And he said, hey, I don't condemn you. Now go and sin no more. So he still was calling out life change in her, but I don't condemn you. He still loved her, showed her compassion. He saw the good in her. Think about Peter. Peter was not a rock when Jesus called him that. He became the rock. Jesus saw the future in him. We need to start seeing the good in life and the good in other people call out greatness in them as God has done for us. And as I said earlier, Christians should be the most optimistic people on the planet. That doesn't mean that we should fake being happy. That doesn't mean we won't have hard times. But we have a joy that no one or no thing can take away from us. As dark as this year has been, we have the light of the world. As rough as things might presently be in your life, we have an eternal future. So let's look ahead with joy. C.S. Lewis once said these There are far better things ahead than any we could leave behind. So all these things, let's put them together. Let's see the good in life and other people. Let's live out and pursue the fruits of the Spirit. Let's be optimistic. Let's save as many people as we can. Let's have goals for things we want to do and things we want to be. And let's live with optimism in this new year and beyond. Let's pray together.